I should have known it was going to happen. Yes, I mean because you're you. It yes, but happens. I thought maybe you know quarantine. Greg things had changed, and this wasn't going to be an issue because because I've gone get, this far. You think things would get better during quarantine? Well, I'd gone that far. I just assumed that you know I could make it through, but uh, no, it did happen. Um, probably in the worst possible spot as well. Hello, everyone. Perfect. This is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Stillen. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and available via podcast all over the internet wherever podcasts can be found. And thank you for finding us. I want to remind everybody you can go to funemploymentradio.com and click on the... Hey, if you're going to buy buying from Amazon, might as well go to funemploymentradio.com first. Hey, Just one extra click? It's an extra click. I mean, so you're already easy. doing it. And just go ahead and go there and just do that. We won't tell anybody what you're doing. We we can't see what you're buying. We don't know. We're not going to judge. All we're really asking for no is... No judgment. Uh, I mean, these are lonely times. You do what you gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do whatever you have to do. <laughs> you just go to funemploymentradio.com, click on Amazon, and you, you do what you have What's to do. What's your weirdest <clears throat> quarantine purchase so far? I don't feel comfortable with this question. Uh, no, my weirdest quarantine purchase? Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Like, what's uh, Mine what's is, yours? Yeah, I think so. Far. I haven't received it yet, but I did that. I, I talked about it. I went to Wish, um, that weird online store, and I did oh, buy yeah. like some weird off-brand Twin Peaks sweatshirt, which I don't know how that's going to fit. It's probably going to be like a baby sweatshirt. Yeah, probably. I got like an XXL just in case. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for that and let's see how that turns. Well, that'll out. be interesting. I mean, I think the weirdest is still the bootleg toilet paper that I bought right at the beginning of all this. So that's probably. Oh, that's speaking of which, that, yeah, it's May fourteenth, twenty twenty. It is a Thursday, so just letting you know for your uh, pandemic apocalypse update, that is where we are at right now. So also today we are going to be joined by our friend Matt. So uh, Matt is an educator here in Portland, and he is like a very cool dude, and he's very creative because we want to kind of have him talk. Uh, come on the show and talk about what he's doing. So I'm reading the right now. He's like, so he's currently tutoring and offering online resources to boost creativity and interconnected learning for students, parents, and teachers. So it's kind of uh, an interesting way to like, I don't know, to make education more creative and expressive for yeah. the kids and the people, you know, since everyone's homeschooling and doing all this stuff in this weird time. Yeah. Um. So I kind of want to talk to him and hear about the resources that he has. And he's just, Red, red yeah, eye. I know. Yeah, absolutely. So he's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes, actually, here at the beginning of the show, because he has something something going on. So he's going to be here in just a minute. He's got meetings. Um, to address what I was talking about here at the top of the show is I broke another phone. Jesus, Greg. I know. And I did have a case for this one, and I lost the case a while ago. And then I was like, oh, I need to find the case. But then I've gone so long without anything happening to it that I just was like, eh, nothing's ever going to happen. And this morning, something happened. Uh, so I Oh, so this happened today? This happened this morning. Okay. Yes, right when I woke up, pretty much. Perfect. Woke up. What a just, great way uh, to start the day. Yeah, getting a glass of water to start my day, and I reached over to set my phone on the counter, and I missed the counter, and I just hear this smack, and I know that sound where it lies. Because the thing is, if it, if it falls on like a corner or something, or if it doesn't fall flat, it usually... Like, it doesn't break. But if it falls flat on the ground, then I knew it was bad. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, that's always like the buttered side of the toast that falls down, like falls face down. Yeah, but if it had hit any corner. Um, so it's <laughs> some questions. Why is it not on the phone? Uh, why was the case not on the phone? Because I took it off because when I'm driving, I have to use the headphone jack and the case wouldn't let the headphone jack work on it. So, so was that worth sacrificing your entire phone for? No. <laughs> no, no. You know what I've done before is actually just taken a knife and cut out the hole to make it bigger around the case. 
Yeah, that's like an could, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's too late if now. I can, if, I, if I was able to do that, I think you'd so, be able to So uh, I'm out. in the market for a phone, uh, appears now. Damn it. Again. And uh, that is what, uh, that's what I was referencing there in the beginning. I wow. thought maybe this time it was different. But I just need to get over the fact that it's never going to be different. As I'm always, it's you have always to get happen. one of those, like, what are the hardcore ones? Like the otter? Yeah, I used to have one of those, too. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I have to go with the giant one. I mean, they're huge, and it looks like you're walking around with a brick, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, that's just what it is. Uh, Steven, I mean, Bluetooth solves this. Yeah, but what I my stereo doesn't have Bluetooth, so I have to use the headphone jack, and that's just where it's at for that one. But yeah, yeah, I know. I realize this now. I mean, can you even buy? Are, are phone places even open? I don't know. I would think that's a central business. Probably. I've got to figure it out. Or i got to order one online. I'm not even sure. I, I'll, I'll get it squared away. But yes, that's what's going on. So still working as of right this second. But if anybody's trying to get a hold of me, it may be a little bit later. This seems like you're making excuses. Like you're anticipating a phone call that you don't want to answer. So you're doing it in advance. Well, I like, mean, it is oh. a bit of a convenient thing to have to say. They'd be like, oh, no, sorry, my phone is broke. And then, uh, and then, yeah, avoid it. Although it's very difficult to avoid anything right now when everybody's, well, most of the world is in quarantine. Because you can't, it's not like you can just say like, oh, uh, I wasn't home. Or, oh, I wasn't around my computer or my phone. Because it's like, yeah, you were. You're around your computer. I know, there's no You're way. You're around your phone. You have no excuses anymore. Yeah, for not answering? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely none. Yeah. I mean, you can say that, you know, you're working or you're in a meeting or something like that, but it's, you can't really, I mean, not that I, not that I've ever done that ever, not that I've ever done that. It is really hard but, to find excuses for not being able to be available Yeah. at this point. That's like quarantine problems where like, yeah, you really can't, it's just like, oh no, I'm not available at that time because why? Like, yeah. what, what are you doing? If you have, if you don't have a job right now, like, yeah, what are you doing? Right. Why can't you be available? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like your nap schedule? What is it? <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That's uh, kind of where we're at with this. Um, <laughs> taking a look here. On, let's say, uh, Mr. Jakey, sorry, I was on the edge of a nervous breakdown is an excellent quarantine excuse. Yeah, that's true. How many people have been, how many of us have been close to that? Um, all right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's continue on here. Anyway, that's that was that's my troubles. I gotta figure out what to do with these. This. Are your troubles? These are my troubles. Yes. Yeah, I broke my phone. Uh, totally oh, sucks. Good. As far as though, uh, back to your question of the weirdest purchase. Yeah, I guess I guess the toilet paper. I can't say that I, I can't say I bought anything totally strange. That's I mean I bought stuff. that I bet I you're forgetting buy. because I know that you probably bought stuff after a couple. Couple backyard uh, well, cocktails. I, yeah, that's this is true. Yeah. I've bought maybe cables just, that I don't need. Maybe it just hasn't I bought an arrived HDMI yet. cable, and I was like, oh, I didn't need to buy that. I already had one. Uh, I just didn't bother to look. So I've done stuff like that, like surplus purchases. Surplus purchases. Surplus purchases. Okay. But I can't say that I bought By anything way, crazy and weird. Since he is talking about the weird off-brand, like black market toilet paper he bought. It's still sitting here in the studio, and it still creeps me out. Yeah, it's still here. It's weird, and it will never be. I'm never going to use it. I mean, whatever was on it, you've had it for a few weeks now. It's probably died at this point. Uh, yeah. It doesn't live that long, right? But it's gross. I mean, it's sealed. It's like vacuum sealed. Yeah, but it's like somebody took it and like took a whole bunch off of the rolls. Yeah, but like, what did they do with they it? Don't, it's, they aren't like packaged like that. They don't come like that from the toilet paper factory. Oh, the toilet paper factory. From all the toilet paper factories you've toured? I mean, okay. Do you think that's how they come? Have you ever purchased toilet paper? I don't know how they make paper? toilet paper. Have you ever purchased toilet paper? 
Yes. Then that's how it comes from the factory. Like, I mean, that's not that. Wait, what kind of a deep, dark question was that? Of course. Well, I'm, because I'm you just, you were just making fun of me for, <laughs> for not knowing. I mean, I can tell you that's not normal. I would be it interested. Just, in, it just takes eyes to look. I would be interested in touring a toilet paper factory, quite honestly. I want to know if they start off with like really big, giant rolls, like really long ones. And they go, and like cut them all up. I don't know. I mean, don't you think about these things? No, I mean, I'm sure there's a video out there you can take a look at. All right, how well, you know what? Paper. Now I know how I'm going to spend this depressing gray quarantine afternoon looking up videos of toilet paper factories. Well, that's, well, you'll learn. I reach you'll, for the stars yeah. with these dreams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking okay. of uh, reaching for the stars, segue. Was that, was that, was that, that was a, my segue. Was that a segue worth calling out? It was. It was pretty amazing. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Jiggy, Sarah mostly gets her toilet paper from friends' bathrooms. Yeah. How many... That is... When in, have you purchased toilet paper? I actually just, for the first time since quarantine began, I did have to go buy some toilet paper. But, Whoa, but then we have to bring our guest on because he's on a... He's on a All right. We're going to be talking about this. this. Oh, we're going to talk about this afterward because I... What, do I have to start numbering mine? <laughs> you have too much to count. You wouldn't... Oh, <laughs> Oh, uh, we're all right. We're coming back to this. All right. I'm gonna, okay. All right. So let's let's bring on our special Please. guest. Okay. Yeah, because he does have things to do. He is uh, uh, currently working hard. Yes. Uh, so we'll have to put our toilet paper conversation on pause while we okay you know, talk to somebody Did who's you... doing some good for the community. Okay. Let's let's go ahead and bring bring him in here as we uh, get him on the line. Why did you just click Greg like that? hates it when it's I do that so, noise? Is this so this isn't terrible. that creepy? It's just not so unnecessary. Uh, yeah, see, Matt, you just did it too. Yeah. That's all right. That, Giddy up, cowboy. That started with some friends. We started putting that at the end of Grenache every time we drank the wine. We're like, oh, it's a Grenache. <laughs> oh, my God. This is like nails on a chalkboard right now. <laughs> oh, well, we should just, let's just go. Let's bring him on. Now. All right, welcoming now to the show, <laughs> we have our friend, Matt Ruddy. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Pretty good, Greg. How are you? Doing good. Listen to his Doing dulcet good. tones. I know, yeah. Wow, like you a, went into like NPR mode there you, for a second. You really do have like a very nice speaking voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. And you said oh, that you, thank you you purchased a new microphone and everything. I, I can I can tell. I, I did. I didn't know what else. I didn't know how else to respond to this. Let's just call it the changing landscape besides trying to get the stuff I needed to record things better. And there's been a lot of uh, like home help videos going out for parents, teachers, and students. And you know, everybody's got to become a podcaster now, or, or we're all we're all YouTube we're all YouTubers, right? Well, uh, to give everybody like yeah, kind of an explanation yeah. too of sure. of what um, of what you do it's for everybody who's listening, can you just kind of walk through what your job is, and then we want to get into all this stuff that you're doing. Sure, um, I will try to walk you through what my different jobs plural are. <laughs> um, it's just keep in mind that the at the center of all this is constantly pushing for better ways for students to learn and teachers to teach and people to feel engaged in school and try to break out of this very old school format of the teacher as authoritarian, the teacher as the only boss and holder of information, and much more a coach and facilitator for student learning. That's an amazing way to look at it. So how have you been accomplishing this now during you know this weird timeline that we're in? Sure. Um, it really has been making sure that uh, at the, the toughest thing is making sure that all families have access to the technology that they need. So one part of my job through the Rosewood Initiative, which is a community center out in deep southeast, 
has been getting lines of communication open between school districts and parents and families. We've got a really hardworking staff out at Rosewood that is deeply embedded in the community, our neighbors with many of the people that they're helping. And the real, the real goal has been working with companies like Comcast and Free Geek. And now that everything is being delivered online from districts, there have been, there are hundreds, if not thousands of families that don't necessarily have Wi-Fi at home, that don't necessarily have a laptop or a Chromebook. So with this shift in the COVID crisis, it's really revealed where there are families in desperate need of access to technology. And a really strong argument to be made for the fact that internet access should be moved into the category of utilities. Oh, yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, that's, I mean, you can't, you can't really survive in the modern world without access to broadband internet. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can, but it's, it puts you at such a detriment that, um, yeah, I I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it could easily be considered, you know, denial of access, denial of broadband access could easily become a human rights, civil rights issue because of the way information is shared now. So um, so with this, with trying to get everybody access and identifying these people who are in need, I know you also have some some really interesting things because I saw the links that you sent over and, and yeah. I don't even know how to begin explaining what these are. Like, obviously, Which that would be something that you you're on, very good at doing. Yeah. Can you explain what this is that you sent? And I want to let everybody know here at home. Sure, sure. I don't, I don't have, I don't have the computer up in front of me, but I think. Um. So I do uh, have the one that you. Um. So this really interesting, um, piece of art and education that you posted. So you sent this example of a cross curricular project, a song map that you made with a timeline. Yeah, let, let's definitely talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so there is, um, and this is this is available to parents and teachers and anyone who wants to engage their kids or students in different forms of categorizing and generating information. There is a website called Padlet. I believe it's padlet.com. And what it allows you to do is it allows you to choose from, I think almost a dozen different templates. And the one I chose was a timeline. And for years and years, I was a junior high band teacher and general music teacher as well. And a big part of teaching music appreciation is the idea of a song map. So if you put on your favorite song and from beginning to end, You're tracking what's happening with it lyrically, what sort of instruments are being used when one part starts and another part stops. Works incredibly well with jazz music, classical music, and and any other form of music that actually has some compositional integrity to it. Um, And what the song map does is you, you listen through a song and you pick out the parts that stand out to you in those transitions and changes. And, you know, along the length of a timeline, you're basically dropping a pin in something you would want a listener to check out or listen to. The one I chose for Padlet is uh, called Ring Shout. And Wynton Marcellus and the Lincoln Center Project did uh, an album and performance a bunch of years back called Conga Square. And Conga Square was where uh, African slaves first had a chance to meet slaves who were brought to the United States, along with slaves who were brought to the islands and South American countries because of shipping and trading and everything else like that. This was the first time that ancestral Africans would have first been reunited with someone they may have possibly been separated from. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if, yeah, if I, if I could, if I could jump in a DeLorean um, and turn on the flux capacitor, I would go back to Congo square just to see what it was like for the first time that African slaves got to see resemblances of themselves from other countries. So what was happening at Congo square was you know, when the work was done, there was time to hang out and sing and dance and play music and drum circles and everything else like that. And so what Wynton Marcellus did with this Congo Square project, this particular song called Ring Shout, 
is this blending of all these New Orleans traditions, the, the parade music, second line, um, brass band music, and what the song map from Padlet does. And yes, by all means, share the link out to everybody who'd love to take a look at it. Uh, I set the song map up so that at the beginning on Spotify or YouTube, you could turn the song on. And my intention is that someone would listen to the song all the way through for the first time. And all along the way, there are references to things like Hurricane Katrina and the Bayou and the Delta and everything about New Orleans as a city. And it moves from this call and response chant at the beginning to this brass band, marching band finish that is just I haven't heard anything that captures the spirit of New Orleans as well as this particular song in, in this three to five, six minute window of time. And as you scroll through that timeline there, after you've listened to the song for the first time, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Sorry. <laughs> after you've listened through for the first time, you could take so many different things out of this particular piece of music and turn them into their own unit of study. There would be a chance if a, if a student was really into costumes and performance and dance, they would definitely want to learn about the Creole Indians and the Mardi Gras parades and just the fantastic outfits that were created for that. If somebody wanted to turn it into more of a creative music project, there's a spot along the timeline where it breaks down call and response. And this is a gathering of resources. I didn't, I didn't go out and research these things myself. There's an abundant number of resources, particularly a lot of the cultural organizations in Louisiana that have tremendous amount of pride in this tradition. But if someone was really interested in call and response on that timeline, there's a whole unit. They've already got the song selected. It would work from like sixth grade all the way up through 12th grade. If you wanted to teach a class about how call and response works in gospel music and parade music and, and traditional black music, you could focus just on that. Wow. If, if something like Hurricane Katrina was something that really impacted you, then there, further along that timeline, there is the uh, news releases and the media and press handling of um, people's opinions about FEMA, what the response was like, the damage that was done, the displacement of Black families, what happened in the Fifth Ward. So it's just the idea of the song map is meant to encompass the idea that a single song can have chapters and chapters and chapters of culture and history. That's wow. insanely, yeah. incredibly amazing. Like, and just to know you're, you're being educated on so many different levels during that period of time. This is right. fascinating. Yeah. And the, the ultimate goal uh, with, in terms of creative curriculum and engaging students. And they, these are the sorts of things I've been doing. I have, I have a small roster of independent students that have, uh, of students that have been tutoring independently. And I'm running into so many parents, so many teachers, so many students who are really craving for cross-curricular learning like this. You know, it's one thing if it's music history, it's another thing if it's culture. It, in, in my mind, my dream would be one day the eighth grade class at so-and-so junior high um, in whatever school district gets to build a skate ramp and that's their whole spring unit and that covers geometry it covers physics you could get into the social and cultural norms of skateboarding you could get, get into surf rock and skate music just one project then the idea that project-based learning has all these tendrils that stretch outwards that's that's a unit a kid is going to remember for the rest of their life so Duh, much more definitely. than textbook on you know um, skating became popular in 1973. Like they're, they're not going to remember that. But if you get the gym teacher in on it, you get the shop teacher and the, and the carpentry teacher in on it, you get the math teacher in on it. It's, 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 it's just right there. It's the way we should be learning. And when we think of kids in their adolescent stages 
who it's a big soapbox. Thank you so much for letting me stand on it for a while. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> this is absolutely sure. fascinating. And I'll tell you why I get so fired up about this in just a second. Now, I mean, not just because it's good learning for the sake of kids, but there's personal reasons there too. But that is a project a student remembers for the rest of their life. And when you think of the way our brains worked from around 12, 13 years old, all the way up through 17 to 18 years old, it is not the time we should be sitting in classrooms five rows across, five rows deep, uh, static and not moving. Those are our most kinetic years. It's when our brains have the most amount of elasticity. We need more problem solving, more critical thinking, and a lot less standardized testing. And so the idea of project-based learning there's so much trial and error. We've all tried to build something and we know it usually goes hand in hand with a couple scrapes and bruises and a few curse words. That's like Greg trying to uh, fix his lawnmower. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and so to, to kind of circle all this back to some of the other things I mentioned as is that as a kid growing up and even now, you know, I just, I like to do a lot of different things. And there isn't any reason that shouldn't be a viable way of making your way through the world. And we think of how many kids and students get in trouble. I'm putting air quotes around trouble mm -hmm. because they see a different connection. They see something creatively. They see something differently than the curriculum that's being put in front of them right now. Now, there are some schools that are doing an amazing job of adapting to this, but there are others that aren't. And the really sad thing is the schools in most of the uh, in most of the neighborhoods that are struggling in, in their socioeconomic status, they are the neighborhoods that are most often forced to comply to very outdated, very outmoded, very static, very unintellectual ways of learning and making their way through school. If you got plenty of money and your kid can go to one of these very forward and progressive uh, private schools or charter schools, then they're getting closer to that creative style of learning. But if you're still in the the meat grinder and the institutional machine of struggling public schools, um, you're missing out on a lot. No, those kids are missing out on a lot. So what would you recommend for everybody? Because I know you have your meeting here coming up, and I just want to give everybody kind of a call to action if if they want to participate in this, if they want to learn more, if they want to you know, take advantage of some of the thing that you, you created. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, what would you recommend that they do? Well, by all means, uh, feel free to, to contact me at mrruddy.com, M-I-S-T-A-R-U-D-D-Y.com. And I, right now, especially with things being in a bit of a panic with schools and districts, um, if you've got parents, friends, anybody who just, they don't know what to do next and the stuff that they're getting from the districts isn't working, then I'm more than happy to talk to people and help out. The other big picture part of this, and I've been mentioning this in posts online and conversations with friends, is that parents and teachers and students, we're figuring out what to do during this crisis because we have to. Mm -hmm. Things weren't good before the COVID crisis happened. So particularly in the state of Oregon, state of Oregon is 49th in high school completion, near, near, near the bottom of the list for completion, but we're in the top five for largest class sizes. And so I just genuinely hope, and I've been encouraging everyone I've been talking to, that when the state and the districts and everyone says, you know, okay, all clear, let's get back to normal, we need to say no. We need to say we figured out how to adjust. We, we turned on a dime and overnight figured out how to adjust to a crisis. Oregon schools were in crisis before the health crisis. Yeah. And I think it's an excellent time to know that we have leverage and we have power and we have the right to say that we're not asking for smaller class sizes. We are insisting on smaller class sizes. 
we're not asking you to move away from standardized testing. We are telling you that if you don't do something differently, then we need to start opting out of standardized testing. And the last really frustrating part is that there are parents who are finding out they're not teachers. <laughs> They've yeah. been talking about it all over the place. But there are also parents and friends and neighbors and relatives who are actually finding out that they love helping kids learn. And a big obstacle to becoming a teacher right now is Oregon State Certification Process with uh, the Teacher Standards and Practices Commission, TSPC. There is one singular an expensive and prohibitive way to become a certified teacher in the state of Oregon. And if you don't do those things, if you don't, if you don't feed money into the funnel of the machine, then you can't become a certified teacher. We are missing so many people from diverse cultural, economic, all sorts of other backgrounds who would be amazing classroom teachers. And I just think the other thing we should really be pushing for is demanding that teacher certification changes. And that way we get people who found out during this crisis that they love helping kids learn. Uh, we should not make it harder for them to become a teacher. We should make it easier. Well, hot damn, Matt. Uh, that was amazing <laughs> yeah. and succinct. And you hit the button right at one o'clock. I know you got to go. Um, thank you I so much for taking some time to chat with us. And we'll put up all of your links and uh, how people can get a hold of you. Sure. I, I won't I won't draw it out for any longer than it needs to. My one o'clock got bumped to one fifteen. So. <laughs> <laughs> well I think well now I mean you you just ended on such a high note. Like we'll definitely yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm gonna watch Ring Shout uh, as soon as we're done with our broadcast today. I'm so curious to see how that all comes together. Yeah, so I am as well. Thank you for sharing all of that with everybody. I'll we'll, we'll give you chills. And like the beginning, yeah, the beginning has this chanting in it and then I marked it on the timeline. There's a point at which um, somebody starts banging on a double bell or a really metallic uh, ring kicks in and then the whole thing just comes to life. It like it like jumps out of the speakers and it's like, damn, I just, maybe I'll go live in New Orleans forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also uh, socially distant bike ride sometime in the not so yeah. distant future and not straight uphill because I know you're a machine like Bozik. <laughs> yeah, it's like we said, we almost broke, we almost broke ride. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for taking some time to chat with us. And you are just the coolest. And thanks for doing what you do. And we appreciate you and love you. Thanks for being a great friend in person. I, I love you guys right back. I, you know, thanks for fighting the good fight because, you know, long before all this happened, Fun Employment Radio was already a thing. And now I think a lot of us are trying to figure out, oh, oh, shit, what do we do? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm trying to let myself be as creative as possible. It feels like it's been two decades of playing by a lot of other people's rules. And now I just want to make shit, write shit, sing shit, help people out. <laughs> yeah. Figure, figure out if that's enough to pay the bills and then keep myself happy. So. Hell yes. Also, thanks for letting me use my new gear. It's, You're welcome. You yeah. sound really good. I love how good it sounds. <laughs> You'll love how good it sounds. <laughs> All right, Matt. Good to talk to you. Thank you. I'll schedule Zoom meetings for reading bedtime stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. I'll take care. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, All right. Matt. Talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Right. Okay, bye. bye. Later. That's really interesting. I am really looking forward to listening to that. Yeah, he is. I mean, yeah, Matt is one of the most passionate people that I've ever met. Like, he, as you can tell, like, he's so thorough mm -hmm. in his passion for things like yeah. he doesn't half-ass anything um what i was gonna say in there too is just with that uh you know the idea of building something to learn that's what my fourth grade teacher i was really fortunate i had a fourth grade teacher who did that we we built a wiki up which is like a, a wigwam that? it's a native american uh like living structure i don't know what the right word would be but it's it's a native american home okay 
and we built one in the school, like in oh, the wow. in our classroom. It was really cool. So we got to build one in the back of the classroom, so everybody participates. You learn what it is and all about it, and then you. That's true. talking about like the geometry, like how to build. Oh, that's and... the thing. It's like this really complex structure, and and we built it, and then the reward was like once it's built, you would you would vie and like do these competitions to see who gets to go sit in there. Like, and that's, you get to move your desk in there, like for the afternoon, and then you get to be in the, that video. is so genius. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was really, really and cool. And that is a class that you remember. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. He, he used to take us on all kinds of different field trips and stuff. Yeah. It was, he was Everyone's great, had those magical. He was a great teacher. Yeah. My, my favorite teacher was Mr. Duquette. He was the same way. He was so magical. He would just make everything so much fun. Yeah. Teachers are Fucking amazing. Thank you to all your teachers out there. Uh, as, as Mike says in the chat, enough with that nonsense. Let's get back to talking about toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Really started this show off. Oh, my God. Well, you know, we went up quite a ways. Anyway, so you're stealing my toilet paper. That's what's I, going on? Oh, my God. Is Maddie, that I'm what? I'm so sorry you're in this episode. Yes. No, it's not. I'm not stealing your. I'm not stealing your. You toilet just paper. bought it for the first time <laughs> ever? Seriously, not Sarah. Ever. How much have you been stealing from me? I don't steal. I don't, I don't, I don't use as much toilet paper as you do. Like I'm one lady living in a, in an apartment by herself. I don't. Where did you get it before? I've got, I got it at Fred Meyer before like the great toilet paper shortage of 2020. So I had like a four pack or like, I think I had like five maybe. So I ran out of those. So then yesterday I did actually go to the Dollar Tree because I don't, all they have for sale now are like 48 packs of toilet paper and I don't need that much toilet paper. And that is the smallest amount that I could find. I'm like, I'm not spending $20 on 48 rolls of 30 or 36 or whatever rolls. Of yeah. What paper. are you saying that I go through toilet paper? You, what are you even talking about? So you've been stealing is what you're doing and trying to cover up and like trying deflecting. to like push off your like excessive toilet paper use. Oh, on really? Me. Really? This been, is your route that you're going? <laughs> you've been going through it so fast. This is the route you're going as far as deflecting on I you? I am saying for the first time in two months, I did buy a four pack of toilet paper at the Dollar Tree yesterday. <clears throat> for a dollar, by the way. So that was... Uh, Pretty magical. And what happened before that? I told you. I just, I, yeah. I mean, maybe one of them might have fallen into my purse at some point. But, I mean, that would just have been an accident. I mean, you know how toilet paper can be. It's just bouncing everywhere. I like that you're just stealing. You're not even, like, asking if you get <laughs> Like, you're just taking it. I didn't. What else have you taken from me? Your dignity. I don't know. Well, yeah. Um... <laughs> Wait, what else? That that laugh means you are anything. taking something no. else. That laugh, oh, because you're a terrible liar. So that means you have been taking something else. What else have you been taking? What would I be taking from you? That's what I want to know. I didn't, you don't have anything I want to take. What? Have I taken anything? No, yeah, I don't think you I've have. Taken yes, you have. Oh, now you're, tra- you're trying to backtrack. You're thinking that you're getting away with it. No, I really haven't. You are, because you're like, okay, now I'm getting but away anyway, with it. anyway, I'm sorry uh-huh. that I'm not... Shift gears. I'm not a toilet paper machine like you are. And... What are you talking about? I love how you're just trying to spin this so that that's the narrative. Uh, I, I use a Greg, normal maybe amount. Maybe you need to not use as much as you have been. Uh, well, two things here. One, not true. Two, you're monitoring my bathroom habits and stealing toilet paper from me. This is what you're doing. This is getting really weird, Sarah. (laughs) Oh, I bought my own baby bells, Stephen. I have them at my house. What? 
I might have eaten like a box of your macaroni and cheese at some point, but that's it. You know, I had some string cheese that I bought. I haven't checked the stock I on that lately. I didn't eat your string cheese. I bought my own cheese. That's your cheese. I have my cheese. I have my cheese. You have your cheese. Stay away from my cheese. You put your cheese Again, in my refrigerator? Again, we had a very respected and passionate educator on just a few minutes ago um, before we started fighting about toilet paper and cheese. About so thieves. Our lives are going well. Thieves. That's what we're fighting about. Cheese thieves? Yes, you're a cheese thief. You're a teepee thief. That doesn't sound old, old right. Old T.P. Dillon. What? What? All right. Anyway. Um, you're stranded in Bakersfield. Sarah leaves bags of stuff at Greg's house and takes the toilet paper. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> this seems a little unbalanced on how this is all working out here. Hmm. Well, anyway, I have my own toilet paper, so I don't need your toilet paper. Okay. Anymore. You're going to return it? Um <laughs> <Gross. laughs> Um, well, I do have a few stories from World of Crazy that I... Excellent. Pulled if we want to do that, because we're just real class act over here. Oh, it's we know Matt, Matt is a very talented educator, but also Matt would very much get into this discussion. About oh yeah, no, Matt's ridiculous too. I mean, why do you think we have lots of smart friends who are also just as ridiculous as we are? Yes. Hello, my friends. My name is Sarah Still, and welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy, Greg. I found this news story about you. It was weird. So I, I don't know if it names you by name. Well, it says, uh, former world's shortest man regains his title. <laughs> Got knocked out there for a little bit, didn't you, little buddy? Oh, my God. Well, Edward Nino Hernandez of Colombia was first declared the shortest mobile. They're called mobile males. Shortest mobile male. What do you mean mobile? I think like. Like he can move? Like he can move? Like. Shortest mobile male back in 2010, only to lose the title to two other little men. One of which, it doesn't specify whether or not one of them was Greg Nibbler. It doesn't say it wasn't Greg Nibbler. So one of them could have been. All right. Story continues. It is deja vu for a Colombian man who has just once again been declared the world's shortest man. It's been announced that, uh, that it has been found that Edward Nino Hernandez is the shortest living man who is mobile, but it's not the first rec- world record for the two-foot, four-inch tall resident of... Oh, no. Bogota? Bogota. Bogota! Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see, I see what you're doing. Yeah, okay. No, but that's seriously where he's from. I don't know how to say it still. It's like I have a block in my head that I... Just can't get past it. No. Um, he turned 34 years old on Sunday. Hernandez was previously awarded the shortest living man uh, title in April 2010 when he measured at 2 feet 3.64 inches tall. Holy shit, he grew in the past 10 years. Greg, there's hope for you. Last Later that year, another man uh, from Nepal who stood 2 feet 2.41 inches tall became the new record hold- holder. Then he lost to another fellow Nepal citizen who was one foot nine and a half inches tall well both of the men have died so now the title is now passed once again to Hernandez one by default so there is a tall short excuse me shortest non-mobile man who is one foot 11 inches tall in the Philippines all right Hernandez received his second shortest man certificate at his home city before social distancing guidelines were implemented so he got to have his record Greg He says, I use my smile to conquer the world. 
doesn't matter how tall I am, my big smile I like to share with everyone. That's my charm. I can achieve anything that I set my mind to. Everything is possible. Greg, say it with me. Size doesn't matter. I want to meet people who love me for who I truly am. Small in size, big in heart. Say it with me. <laughs> I hate you. Small in size, big in heart. All right, number two. Who does number two work for? Clearly Greg, because have you seen how much toilet paper he goes through? Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) But it's just so stupid. That's so dumb. (laughs) All right. I see what you're doing over there, by the way. Turn that shit off. Knock it off, Greg. Stop. All right. Uh, so I had a story of, like a few months ago about the guy, remember, who wanted to fight his ex-wife with a sword? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So he wanted to, he proposed a sword fight with his ex-wife and actually went to court. And it has now been deemed. I thought she proposed it. No, it was a man. It was he. He sought to get legal permission in Iowa to engage in a sword fight with his ex-wife. So now, he has now been deemed by a court-ordered psychological evaluation that he is not insane. Greg, <laughs> in case anyone doesn't have video, Greg keeps like trying to get back at me by super zooming in on my face on the video, and it's just it's just great. All right, so it's uh, been deemed that he is not insane. So and he's just angry. <laughs> That's okay. what he, yes. So David Ostrom of Kansas uh, asked a January third court filing to be allowed to fight his former wife Bridget from Iowa, uh, so they can rend their souls from their bodies, or he he can rend their souls from their bodies. How is this guy not crazy? Yeah. That's uh, pretty... So they've been embroiled in disputes over custody, visitation, property, this? tax payments. An Iowa judge responded by temporarily suspending J- uh, David Ostrom's child visitation. And ordering a psychological evaluation. They found he was not troubled, but has adjustment disorders, don't we all? Mixed with emotions. All right, well, everybody has that. He's got adjustment disorders? Adjustment disorders mixed with emotions. Yeah, but that's not, yeah, how is that original to him? Yeah, I don't, well, that's what they deemed. Yeah, so. um, So what happens to him? So he said that he, this all happened because he had filed his trial by combat motion. (laughs) Um, so it looks like she's probably not going to uh, play along with that. Not thinking that's going to happen. However, it has been um, psychologically proven that he's not crazy. Okay. He sounds crazy. All right, and I do have one more story in this weird, weird time we live in. These are the things I'm just like, I'm just like rooting through the fucking scraps of the internet, just trying to find stuff. Like, like you're rooting through my bathroom, stealing toilet paper? Ew. What, monitoring my habits? You're really defensive. Like, I didn't know anything specifically, but now you've been, like, so over the top about your bathroom habits, it's starting to get a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Finally, here's the one last story. Hey, we all could use, like, $1,000, am I right? Am I right? Perfect. A company is now offering $1,000 to host virtual Have brunches. Have you stolen $1,000 worth from me? 
over the years. That's really creepy. Uh, to host virtual brunches via video chat. So website is now offering $1,000 for an unusual social distancing dream job hosting virtual brunches using video chat apps. So this is a website called Whistle Out. Whistle Out. A website designed to help customers shop for phone, internet, and TV plans. Announce its offering and get idiots like me to talk about it. $1,000 to a selected candidate willing to host a virtual brunch using a variety of different video chatting apps. The posting says the select person will be called upon to host three virtual brunches with friends. Oh my god, this sounds awesome. Using a different app each time. The company will then ask for comparisons and ratings for the app, which include House Party. Oh yeah, Nick Wilson loves House Party. Nick, Nick, well, Nick is, always in, is always in House Party, yes. That is true. Uh, brunch, Airtime, Squad, and Rave. I've never heard of the rest of these. Uh, the selected applicant will receive $1,000 as well as a $300 Grubhub gift card to cover the cost of the virtual meals. Applications are being accepted through tomorrow. Fuck it, I'm doing it. Yeah, why don't you I'm gonna apply do to that? I'm going to apply to it. I'll do it right now. Right now on the air. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Just in real time. Who are we looking for? We're looking for someone who is comfortable and committed to hosting three brunches. Just with friends? I could totally do that. Okay, tip. Okay, with approximately 200 words about why you and your brunch crew would be a good fit for the role. Who's your brunch crew? Not you. I'm not a big brunch person. You're just going to be over in the corner like hoarding toilet paper, apparently. I don't, I'm not a big brunch person. I, I admit it. I know that's not a, that's a very unpopular thing in Portland to not be a brunch person because if you've that never been to Portland, like the lamest thing everybody here's a brunch person. I don't like I don't like going out and waiting in the line. Even if there's not a line, like it's not the line. Don't say it's the line thing. You just always. I like, think part of it is I'm not that go. in a not really a big breakfast food person. Like sometimes I am very occasionally, but I'm more of a sandwich kind of guy. Those are two completely different things: a breakfast food versus a sandwich. Stop it, Greg. Knock it off. (laughs) Jesus. I'm just over here trying to do my job. Oh, Holman's is amazing. What, are you a... I'm not a brunch person per se, but I do like... um, I do like a brunch every once in a while. Not like every weekend, but like once every few months. It sounds good or for like special occasions. I like him. Get some get a good cheese omelet. Is it the brunch that you like, or is it starting drinking at ten a.m.? The mimosas with yeah. friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Greg, you're the worst. The worst. All right, that, my friends, is your world of crazy. Crazy. Oh, Greg, do we need to get off the air so you can go and count your toilet paper rolls? God, do I need that. to start doing that? I don't know. Is this something you feel the need to have to do? I haven't taken a look in my... What other food have you been stealing from me? Just like a box of macaroni and cheese. That's it. Which you weren't going to eat anyway. It's been there for a long time. It's been there for like a month. And that's it's a, a long box time. Because I have a stock of food that I bought. Well, then you should have bought more than one. That's not a stock. <laughs> that's just one. It was plenty for me. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so we want to thank our special guest today. put a lock on my bathroom door, apparently. Your passion about this is very disconcerting. My passion about not being stolen from? <laughs> yes, I'm a monster. Yes, a, a, a roll of toilet paper is going to break you. 
So how many did you take? I haven't taken any. I've taken like one. One means ten. No, it does not mean ten. I don't use that many. And this was like before quarantine. I think when I knew that it was starting to happen. So you were stealing from me before quarantine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You just have a lot of toilet. Like, you're not going to use that much. I mean, why don't you share? We're in a... You make it sound like there's some inordinate amount. Like, there's I buy a bag, and then the I'm bag gonna, is I'm going to go and count how many toilet paper rolls you have in there right now. I think Chris ordered, like, a big amount. Oh, Chris did. I do not like any of this at all, how you are do- What are you are doing here? Yeah, Sarah's on her Donald Trump. I mean, it really is. I didn't take anybody, but if, but if I did, you had too many to start with. Die. Oh, ah, too soon. Look no, in the I mirror. didn't. What? Yeah. Wow. Send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 513-575-9120. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Fun Employment Radio. We appreciate it if you've made it this far. Feel free to share the show. Let other people know about it. <laughs> yes. Another show you can check out is the Manual Podcast. The That's manual. a good com. one. That is a very good show. The Manual Podcast. That's right, Greg. We can end the show now so you can go and hug your toilet paper. I need you to empty your purse before you leave from now on. <laughs> Jesus. What am I, the help? <laughs> am I stealing, like, the silver you from You are you? stealing from me! We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Will we? <laughs>